Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Catfish and Crappie podcast. Tonight's guest, Mr. Ryan Bortz. Ryan Bortz, Blue Collar Fishing. How you doing, Ryan? No, I'm doing great, buddy. So, Ryan, let's uh, – me and you talk quite a bit. Um, we have had our discussions in the past, but we're going to uh, take this like this the first time we're meeting. For the, people out there, for the people out there in podcast land, uh, I do uh, upload all my shows to podcast. And if you're in, in, uh, if you're in the live chat audience, you can always download them if you ever miss them or miss or download back episodes. Uh, listen to them on the road while you're fishing, while you're mowing the lawn, whatever you're doing. I really do appreciate it. It's, it's taken off. I got a bunch of subscribers and a bunch of listeners already. So uh, um, if you're here live, just keep that in mind when you're wondering why Mark's talking the way he is. That's exactly what's going on. It's for everybody. So let's talk about your start into the fishing world. How'd you get a, what, what, what attracted you to fishing, right? I just, man, I say I was born with a fishing rod in my hand from birth, really. My, my papa and all my uncle and everybody always fished, you know, they crappie fish, chase bass. And I just kind of was born into it, I guess. And, uh, that's that's about it. I mean, just always done it. There's never been a day when I didn't. You know, it's just life. What are some of your fondest or some of your earliest and fondest memories of fishing? You have any of those? I mean, uh, probably my PB smallmouth I ever caught was one of my youngest. I think I was about twelve when I caught it, and uh, we were out. I mean, we were having a horrible day you know, smallmouth fishing in the spring, um, we was on the boat and uh, I was, I just finally got tired, you know, and I was like, forget it. I'm taking lunch. I'm going to eat my sandwich. Well, we use, you know, Popeyes and minnows, just kind of like a crappie fishing set up in the spring and bounce it off the rocks. And, uh, I just took mine and dropped it down four or five foot under the boat, you know, and laid the rod down and was eating my bologna sandwich and some chips and drinking a pop. And I look over and that rod's about to go out of the boat. And I just reach over and grabbed it, you know, dropped my sandwich and, and that fish would just rip and drag. And it was like a five and a quarter pound smallmouth. And uh, it's still my PB till to, I mean, today I've never broke that, but I'll never forget that. My papa said, Lord God, boy, you better land that one, you know, when it's time. And, uh, I'll never, I'll never forget that. He actually got it mounted for me for my birthday. The the next birthday I had coming, he gave it to me, and it was mounted. That's awesome. Do you, do you still happen to have that mount? Yeah, yeah. That's something, it's something you'll hold on to. That's you yeah. said it was five, five and a quarter pounds. Yep. That's a big smallmouth, man. You you should be proud of that. And how old were you when you caught that? Twelve. Twelve years old. Yeah. You mind if I ask how old you are now? Thirty four. You, you and how does it make you feel knowing that you probably won't catch one that big <laughs> again? I'm on a different species now, so okay. <laughs> that same fish be bait in another state now, so <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I don't know, man. There's a lot of respect out there, even for for smallmouth. Something about 
a river making a, a a different kind of bass that that even I can appreciate. I'm I'm pretty happy if I get one is bycatch. You know, smallmouth are pretty cool. Uh, not that there's much wrong with largemouth bass, but they're just more you know uh, prevalent and 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 which, which which is fine too. But smallmouth is is just a step above. It's like the difference between a a channel cat and a flathead. Wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, where I grew up, it's uh, that lake I grew up fishing, Norris Lake in Tennessee, we chased smallmouth. You know, like they'd be having bass tournaments and all the guys be chasing largemouth. We would be chasing smallmouth. Largemouth bass to us were bycatches. And and we, I just never, growing up, I never could understand why these people would be chasing the largemouth. You know, to me, they're kind of like a trash fish. Mm-hmm. Everything. You know what I mean? If we, if we caught it, we was eating it. You know, it, it, there wasn't no place then. It was, Papa was old school. You know, if he catches a six pound largemouth, he's eating it. And, and that's how I grew up. You know, we, we fished because we wanted fish to eat. That makes a lot of sense. A lot of us were, were kind of brought up like that. And, you know, up here north, uh, the musky guys and, and the walleye guys, they call them green carp. So that tells <laughs> you a little bit about them and what, what how they're looked upon around here. So very cool. So, Ryan, you are a competitive kayak tournament catfisherman, correct? Yeah. I try to be competitive anyway. I think you do all right. I've seen how uh, some of your finishes are, so uh, you, you do really well. Actually, I've seen you. Uh, I think I saw a post on Facebook today. You're in third, right behind Justin. And who is in second? Was that uh, uh, Green, Outdoors. Green Machine? Dan? Dan? Or I can't say his last name, but. But yeah, I'm, I'll probably never catch Justin in that. He's he's almost got a completely perfect score for that slot tournament. I mean, you have to catch a lot of fish to do a slot tournament that way. I mean, I can go out the next time I go out and catch four thirty and a half inch fish, you know, and or thirty one and a half inch fish and catch him, I guess. But, but he's he's got about as good a score as you can get. Can, can you explain to everybody what a slot tournament is and how, how that's uh, scored? All right. So your fish has to be between 12 and 31 and a quarter inches. It's a 32-inch slot tournament. If your fish touches that 32-inch mark on the measuring board, it's too big. You can't, you know, so, and we always downsize everything to the nearest quarter inch. So if it if it's just over 31 and three quarters, it'll count as, you know, 31 and three quarters. If it's just under 31 and three quarters, it goes to 31 and a half. But if as soon as you break that mark, as soon as you break that 32 inch mark, touch it on the board, then then that's completely out for that fish. It's it's over slot. Okay. Now, and what is, is there a reason for the slots? I guess is my it, question. It levels the, uh, it levels the playing field, you know, like Justin and Dan, they're on two of the greatest rivers. And I've always said I could never compete with that in a in a trophy tournament in a in a open eyes mm-hmm. tournament. And me and Dan's been kind of talking about it, and he's been trying to get me in on the trophy tournaments. And I'm like, man, I just can't compete with y'all. Well, in the last week, I've had like three fish over 40 inches, you know, and I'd be right up there neck and neck with Dan right now with with my score that I would have posted. I entered a slot tournament, and I've got. I've had the best week of trophy catfishing of my life. And, and I refuse to quit trying to catch them monsters and, and try to put smaller baits on and target those smaller fish because 
I'm not, I'll take a loss on a tournament to burn them big fish up while I can, you know, <laughs> but it, but it's actually proven to me that, that I am on the water to catch fish like that. You know, I'm just, just advancing far enough as an angler, I guess, to where I'm, I'm starting to catch them regularly. You know, three months ago, if I was getting a, a 40 inch fish once a month, I was happy. You know, I was like, all right. And now if I don't get one once a week, I'm like, well, what I do wrong this week? Now, real quick, um, let's say you do catch one that's overslopped. Does that count as a maximum fish, or is it just dis disregarded in your score? If you you can enter both tournaments at the same okay. time, and and if you catch one overslot, you can still use it in the trophy fish tournament. And mm -hmm. same way, I'm in. We have a regional group that's uh, Kentucky, Indiana, and Ohio, and that's actually where our whole cats and kayaks tournament series got started. And uh, or it's actually kayaks and cats. That's where it all got started. A bunch of us just got together down here on the lake. A buddy of mine had an idea, and he got some prizes donated. We went down there for a free tournament, and, you know, it just kind of snowballed from there. And now it's now it's grown into, I mean, in the summer months, we'll have 14, 15 competitors in, in the regional tournament. And then the national tournament, Kayak Mike just really got it rolling back in the winter. You know, it was uh, – I think November when he finally got it all rolling and uh, and it's rolling pretty good now. I think there's 10 competitors in each tournament. We actually had uh, six or seven in a little in-person tournament that he did up at uh, Cohen Lake in Ohio. And and that's that's unbelievable for a series that's only three months old, you know. So pop, it's, it's getting real popular. A lot of people are buying kayaks and especially with what's going on right now with with all the um, pandemic stuff, people are staying home, so they're they're able to get out on the water much. So uh, I can understand if you're competitive at all that something like that would appeal to. Who who doesn't want to you know meet that need to be competitive and fish at the same time, right? Yeah, I mean it's that's that's half the reason I <laughs> anymore, man. It's uh, I love to fish. Don't get me wrong, and I'd be out there regardless in a tournament or not in a tournament, but. At the same time, I probably wouldn't sit out there in 20 degree weather, you know, and, and, and deal with snow and ice floating around on the lake and everything else. I'd probably just stayed at the house, but, but that's, that's what tournament fishing is all about. It pushes you to have to be a better angler. You know, I'm not going to quit fishing a tournament series because somebody's better than me. I'm going to try to get myself better to beat them. And, and when I first started this, Shane, he was the guy that got me into it. You know, he, he hit me up one day and he was like, hey, come fishing with me on that kayak because I was out chasing bass and, you know, here on the local lake and I met him down there and he's like, well, bring your kayak out and chase some of these fish with me. And I got out with him one day and got like a 15 or 20 pound blue or something. And I was like, I ain't chasing bass no more. <laughs> I'm done with that. <laughs> Two stands fishing ass. Does Ryan uh, just do the slot tournaments or do you do the trophy tournaments? I believe you'd already answered that, but... Let's make sure that it stand here so that you do. I'll probably be in the in the trophy tournament next month in the kayaks and cats national scene. Cool. So you you do do both then, right? I have I have never done the trophy month longs. I think I did. Uh, I've did a couple weekend trophy tournaments. I think with them and, and our Nash or our regional group, we do trophy tournaments in there as well. We switch it up. I mean, 
one weekend we had, uh, I don't know, it was uh, five biggest fish for the month and, and the biggest shad you could net that month counted toward your score. You know, after you, but you had to fill your five fish total for that month before you could put the shad up. Really? I, they actually had a biggest shad part of that tournament. It, it just keeps it interesting, you know. I mean, it just. Were there side bets involved in that? No, but there no. Probably, and if, if kayak might live closer to me, there would definitely be side bets on a lot of stuff. <laughs> uh, what kind of prizes are we looking at at these tournaments, if you don't mind me asking? I'm, I'm not sure on the national level. Uh, I don't really keep up with that that much. Most of the time, it's it's not near enough to cover the gas I spend back and forth to the lake in a couple of weeks. It's, uh, you know, a hundred, couple hundred bucks or something here and there, maybe. Um, I, I'd say the national scene, it probably pays out a little better because just because it's got higher entry fees. Mm-hmm. Probably looking at a couple hundred bucks on it, you know, maybe three, three fifty. Do you have plans on eventually doing those uh, tournaments? Yeah, I, like I said, uh, probably April I'll be in the in the trophy fish month along with Dan and all of them. Okay, and you do keep mentioning that these happen like over a month's worth of time, correct? All right, so we have uh, we have our in-person tournaments, of course, uh, you know, where we all meet at the same ramp, launch from the same place. And then like Kentucky Lake, we're going down there in a couple of weeks for uh, this will probably be our biggest tournament of the year, I'm assuming. And uh, now it may not be. I may be wrong about that, but you know it's it's definitely going to be one of the biggest ones I'm in this year. And w- what we do there is you can launch anywhere on a Kentucky Lake as long as it's in a certain coordinates on the map. And and Mike's got it all loaded into our uh, Fishing Chaos app, you know, where it shows you where the coordinates are and all that on the lake map. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you have to leave from Lynnhurst at a certain time in the morning. You know, that's our meetup spot. You can go anywhere you want to and launch and trailer or hog your kayak or whatever, but you have to be back there by, I think, six that evening, you know, and every, and that's where we'll do our awards thing and all that. You know, it's just, I like it that way because that puts everybody on a, a level playing field. It does. And um, that makes sense because there are no weigh-ins and I, I'm, I, I know this. I just want to make sure that the people out there listening in the podcast are the ones that aren't familiar with it. Um, when you're doing a kayak tournament, that's all by length, correct? Yeah, it's all on a, a certified bump board. You have to use either a catch, uh, a musky bumper, or the Rapala brand bump boards. Okay. And I think that's the only three. Mike, Mike knows more about the rules than I do. I I just try to follow them, and he's the one that wrote them. But I'm pretty sure those are the three legal boards in our series. And, uh, you know, the Rapala board, you can get it, but... I don't advise it. You have to screw it to a piece of wood for one thing, you know, because mm-hmm. thing. And then, actually, when you take the pictures of the fish on that board, you know, we use an identifier. They give a number before the tournament starts, and you put that number in the picture with the fish, so you ain't trying to use last month's fish in this tournament or whatever. Right. Keeps everybody honest. The reason why I bring it up is because you got to. You had mentioned that you guys have to meet up at a certain time when the. When, when the day's over, and, and in most tournaments, that would be for a weigh-in, but there's there's no reason for a weigh-in here. It's pretty much just to call it quits and make sure everybody gets there at this, you know. There at the same time, and nobody had issues, you know, like, you might have app issues or something, which in, in that case, we, we all have each other's numbers or a way to get a hold of each other anyway to say, hey, look, the app's not working. Here's my fish, you know, mm-hmm. for that. 
but also if you're at Lyndhurst or at our meetup spot, when you get back, get back 10 minutes early. Cause I guarantee you, Mike and myself will probably be back 10 minutes early just in case there's any issues with that, you know? Well, you know, it's better to be 10 minutes early than, than a minute late if you can get it there, right? A tournament, I'm the last guy back to the ramp. And <laughs> normally, if it says I can fish till 5 o'clock, I'm coming back into the ramp at 459. <laughs> and that actually won me a tournament here the last time Kayak Mike come down and fished in the in-person tournament here with me. He he got cold and was back at the ramp like 30 minutes early, and that 30 minutes is what I caught. I think I got three fish in that 30 minute window that put me in the lead and passed him. And, and that won me the tournament, but I, I wasn't going to quit, you know, even though I was three fish down, I wasn't going to quit before my time was up and it paid off. It, it was a miserable day out there. It was probably 25 mile an hour wind that day. And, uh, and it snowed like three inches that morning when we had got up to go down there. It was, it was ridiculous weather, like 30 degrees, 25 mile an hour wind, relentless weather for a tournament. It was, it was pretty brutal today. I, I actually got out, do a little crappie fishing today, try to get on that, that pre-spawn ice out bite. And we had that, we had lots of snow, 20, 25 mile an hour winds. And I'm trying to cast in it. So I can only imagine what it would be like being in a kayak. It would be horrible. Mike actually had his anchor down that day and was traveling at like three mile an hour or something in the wind. (laughs) He he fixed that. He's got him a never loss now, so that'll hold him. Very cool. Uh, River Ride Adventure says he met Ryan for the first time Saturday. You said you were a great guy, so I wanted to make sure that you saw that. I happen to agree, River Ride Adventures. Uh, if you're listening at home on a podcast, I do want to remind everybody, if you come over to the Catfish and Crop YouTube channel, we do this show live every Monday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, we do have prizes from time to time, and you can't win if you're not here. So come on over to the YouTube channel, watch, be part of the Catfish and Crappie family. There's a lot of good people out there. Uh, we, we might have some prizes. We might not, but it, it, it's always good to see you. And while you're here, subscribe and, and, and click the bell. I really appreciate it. So, Ryan, your latest video, Ryan has a YouTube channel for everybody listening at home. And what's the name of your YouTube YouTube channel, Ryan? Uh, Ryan Bortz, Blue Collar Fishing. Blue Collar Fishing. I do have a link in the description here I, on YouTube, and I will have a link on the description on the on the podcast. So if you guys want to follow that and give him a sub, I'm sure he'd greatly appreciate it. He works. Uh, Ryan's probably one of the hardest fishermen that I've met so far. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but but he's worth the sub. Check it out. One of his latest videos, uh, there was an accident. You want to talk a little bit about what happened there without uh, uh, giving up any details? Make sure people go watch that video. <laughs> yeah, there, was a, there was a truck and trailer backed into the water to get a boat that day. And uh, there's three people in the truck and... Uh, or two people in the truck and one in the boat and the guy had pulled the boat up on the trailer and went to, and hooked the front strap. He, he had the two in the truck pulling the boat out and come to find out later on down the road after, after it was all said and done, there was actually a brake line busted on the truck. Well, when they went to put the truck in gear to pull out, they hit neutral and then the brake line busted and, uh, they went back into the water. So uh, we had just finished up a uh, in-person tournament and we're all, you know, we're catfishing and we like to meet at the ramp and 
tell lies and complain about not catching anything that day, I guess. And we, we just happened to be all at the top of the ramp talking and, and saw it all go down. And uh, ended up, we went down there and threw life jackets at them and, and you know, got, got them out of the water. And there just happened to be a boat there that the one guy got out. You know, they pulled him up, the young kid, they got him up in the boat. And then uh, the video is mostly about the adventure of uh, pulling the truck out of the water. You know, we didn't want that guy. He only had liability insurance. So we didn't want that guy to have to pay a diver to come down there and hook to this truck and boat and trailer that had all sunk to the bottom of the lake at this point. And, uh, and just a bunch of old rednecks out there, you know, a bunch of guys I fish with all the time just happened to be there on a boat. And we all got together and pulled that truck and trailer and boat out of the lake. Basically, before any game wardens or anybody got there, we had it ready to roll. That took it took a while to do. I remember watching that video. It did it did take a lot of work, and it did take quite some time. And you did a really good job of uh, making sure you got all that on video. So if you guys, uh, if someone could post links to Ryan's channel too, like I said, they're in the description. But in chat, it's a lot easier for them to go and subscribe if you're not subscribed yet. So uh, let's see what's going on here. Hey. That day with the truck going in the water, that was probably the biggest lesson on cold water for me that I've ever learned. I mean, I've always known if I flip my kayak, I probably ain't coming home, you know, in 40-degree water or 35-degree water. I wear my PFD, and you're going to float, but that floating ain't going to do you no good when that hypothermia gets you. And those people literally had about a minute, less than a minute, of being in the water before they just locked up their muscles were just i mean it was unreal they were locked up they couldn't even get out of the water once we got them to the shore you know they couldn't even get to my truck i went up and got dry shirts out of my truck and actually i ended up taking a couple of my hoodies that i had on off and giving to them and starting my truck to put them in there and warm up but i realized that day that when i leave here to fish at, in the winter time that there's a chance I ain't come home. You know what I mean? It's not going to stop me. You couldn't tell me I was going to die in one of my next five fishing trips and stop me. I probably still <laughs> Yeah, you, it, it does. Uh, cold water is no joke. Uh, you know, being a nice fisherman, I, I, I know what the risks are. I, I know to be extra careful. Uh, and when you're in a kayak, it, 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 you know, 40-degree water that, that's not frozen is not much different than than falling through the ice so uh uh it's good to have your pfd but you you got to get to safety and you got to get warm so I, I don't know how else to put it to everybody who's who's out there doing the winter fishing whether it's on hard water or soft water please be careful uh use common sense and and uh, uh please be careful uh so yeah that's a cool video i recommend everybody go over there and give him some views and check it out you you won't be disappointed uh let's talk about your one versus one with the man Creole catfishing. <laughs> man, I, I knew I had that. I had that locked up for real. Okay, well, hold on, hold on. Let's go way back to the beginning. Um, back when I first announced the one versus one fishing tournaments, which is a segment I hope to uh, get going full swing here in the summer months or in the spring and summer months. Um, Ryan came in. I think, was it the first time you've been in one of my live shows? Your live shows, yeah, it sure was. And uh, out comes this guy that I had no idea who he was or, or what was going on with the, with the name, real long name, Ryan Boris, Blue Collar Fishing. I was like, all right. And uh, I announced it. And he, right away, he called out 
the who we called the bus driver and still do, uh, Jeremy Dufour, Creole catfishing, who had just come off a victory of like what what was his victory? Was it twenty seven cats in the? It was ridiculous tournament. Everybody. And we want to give Laura some some credit on that. Absolutely, she was uh, the wife in the boat. It was the couples tournament that he won. Um, and Ryan just called out the the biggest target in the room, and I'm like, "All right, let's do this." Um, so we had uh, scheduled it for a Saturday, and uh, Ryan shows up on his kayak. Jeremy's in his uh, river boat on the Mississippi River. And and you'll have to forgive me. I forgot what body of water you were on for that. Taylorsville Lake here in central Kentucky. Taylor Taylorsville Lake in central Kentucky. And Ryan's in his kayak. And I was like, this guy means business. He's ready to go. I was really impressed. And uh, I know you didn't walk away with a victory, but I, I have to say you worked your butt off that whole day, man. I was really impressed. I was I was tired watching you. Yeah, uh, you just kind of get used to it. Uh, that's uh, I went into that tournament. I had the weekend before that. I'd caught like twenty fish or something in that day, and uh, and had a pretty good day. You know, I was like, I kind of felt decent about it. You know, I didn't. I honestly going into it didn't think I had Creole beat at all. You know, Jeremy is a tremendous angler and I, and I honestly was trying to call him out because I, I felt like he was the best one in the room and I figured, well, I'm trying to build a YouTube channel. How better to do that than call out the best guy in the room, you know, win, lose or draw, you're, you're going to build off of this. And I call him out and he's like, sure. You know, he had actually made a comment just a little bit before that and said something about, well, how come nobody wants to call me out? And I'm like, I'll be your huckleberry, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it got my attention, that's for sure. We've kind of been friends ever since. But, all right, so what were you thinking? Well, you got on the water that day. Tell us a little bit about what kind of day was it. It was, it was. if I remember right, it was pretty overcast, maybe even a little windy, right? It was like 15-mile-an-hour winds, overcast, and one of the coldest days we had had so far. You know, it, temperatures, that's right when it first started getting down to, like, 25 at night and, and wasn't getting above much more than a good day 50 but i think it only got up to like 35 that day or something and uh and man i i paddled and dragged and dragged and dragged and dragged and i tried deep water and i tried shallow water and i was marking fish and i'm i, I was extremely frustrated for real i mean i knew they were there i just couldn't make them eat i had good fresh bait and i, I was doing the same exact thing i'd done the weekend before and what I end up with, like one twenty-five inch blue cat or something, I can't even remember now. You didn't get skunked. That's all that counts, right? Had a great day. I mean, I got to know you pretty good that day, and got to know Jeremy good that day, and and you know made some good lifelong friends. You know, out of out of that, and gained a lot more than I ever actually thought I would when I set out to do it. Yeah, it's a like I said before. I mean the. The, the catfish family here at, at Catfish and Crappies is awesome. Um, and, and, and you show up at the live shows, and you'll meet everybody, and you, you'll understand what we're saying. Fishing with the chat, it said, Lord DeFore caught 23, and Jeremy just caught a suntan that day. <laughs> no, Jeremy, he might have something to say about that. So, uh, For those of you listening at home or on podcast, um, and you're not familiar with uh, dragging baits, 
uh, dragging baits is pretty much drag exactly what it sounds like. You're dragging baits uh, with with a weight at the end or a weight between uh, your bait and your rod and a float between the weight and the hook. And you just dragging those baits across a lot of territory. And, and remember Ryan's doing this on a kayak. I don't think I saw you stop paddling for what it was six hours. Wasn't it? I actually fished. I had been fishing for like two or three hours before the live stream started and was fishing like two or three hours after it was over that day because I was in a weekend long tournament at the same time. Actually, I think that was the first tournament where I took on uh, Justin Johnson in a in a tournament, and he walked all over me that day, <laughs> that weekend. I had one fish, and I think he posted up all five of them. Dan might have won that tournament. I can't remember. And Justin, for those of you who don't know, that's uh, Kayak Catfish fame out here on youtube he's a real big name and you 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 don't stop going head to head with the biggest targets in the room do you no i'm i'm constantly and, and dan is is getting up there with justin johnson you know they're they're probably the two best in the game right now my opinion you know uh well don't sell yourself short i've seen some of your finishes i think you're gonna you're, you're getting up there too so but but i've learned a lot from both of those guys for real and uh and I've, I've, I've got dream trips to both of their waters that they're fishing right now just to try to, I don't, I don't want to say, say measure up against them, but I, I would like to challenge, you know, myself to fish where they're fishing and catch what they're catching. I'll put it that way. And what waterways are those? Uh, Dan is on the James River and uh, Justin Kayak Catfish is on the uh, Tennessee River. Tennessee River. Those are both great fisheries. Great, great fisheries. That's an understatement even saying that. So, I mean, they're killing it on that James River, and the Tennessee's just as just as good. Yeah, those are on my uh, uh, must fish bucket list as well. So, I can understand you, you wanting to do that. How do you uh, conquer huge bodies of water like that on a kayak? I mean, you my get on Navionics first, find your dropping place. Our Kentucky Lake trip that we got in two weeks, I've been studying lake maps for two weeks. I mean, if I'm out there fishing and and the bite's slow, I'm studying lake maps for something else. I mean, it, I live and breathe fishing every day in some way. If I can't get on the water, I'm studying lake maps or prepping gear, watching a video, you know, something trying to figure out what I can do to improve myself. And I don't want to do anything exactly like anybody else. So I'm, I'll watch Justin's videos and I'll watch Dan's videos. And I'll watch your videos. I'll watch Creo's videos. And I try to take all that knowledge and cram it into one thing and make my own out of all of it. You know what I mean? They're all on different water and they're all doing different things that are similar. And I just try to take the best of every world and, and make my own way out of it. And that, that's how I got started. I had a guy named Shane. I'd never chased catfish in my life, you know, and I was, I caught him by bycatches and that's, that was it. And Shane took me out and he's like, well, this is what I do. And this is why I do it. And, and I just started building off of that, you know, and I've built my own way of doing everything. And uh, dragging baits is by far, that's my favorite technique ever so far i'm I wanting to try bumping on the 
bumping when I get up on the big river up on the Ohio. I'm wanting to go bumping from the kayak. I've never seen anybody do that. And bumping just when that fish hits that rod and it in your hand, I just I feel like that's going to be a rush on a kayak. I think it'll be fun. I've I've had some uh, some limited experience with with big catfish on a kayak, and and you know a thirty pound flathead will pull you around a little bit in some current, but I can only imagine once you get into one of them big slobs how how much fun that's got to be. So I actually broke my PB uh, Wednesday. I, it scored in the tournament at 45 and three quarters of an inch is blue cat. And, uh, that's, that's a good fish here. The biggest one I've ever seen. I've seen two bigger than that come out of this lake. One of them is on my video, uh, good day bank fishing with lucky Ronnie. And the other one was in a in-person tournament. I never actually got to see the fish. I watched the video, the live video of them measuring the fish, but I was around the corner of the lake and couldn't see it. And it, uh, the one lucky Ronnie caught from the bank was about 53 inches long. And the other one was 40, I think it was 47 or 47 and a half caught by Mike Bearding. Uh, so a 46 inch fish on this lake is very respectable. That's a respectable fish anywhere. That's a, that's a good fish. I mean, you got your really, really big fish, but that, that's going to, as far as I'm, I'm considered, uh, as 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 far as I'm concerned, that that's a great fish. I did see that video too. I was like, "What?" It was bank fishing. I know we got our bank fishermen out there in the live chat, and they're they're, they're always rooting for the bank guys. So uh, that's one for them to be proud of. Creole catfishing says, uh, "I want to know, Ryan, when are you ready for the rematch?" Any day, buddy. <laughs> I, I knew that answer was coming. Yeah, he don't want to smoke right now after the week I've had. <laughs> <laughs> Two stands fishing three. Ask when there's any uh, one versus one in the future. I think I know a, a kayak fisherman. You might be able to talk into one, and he might be on the screen here talking to me. Um, I do have one. Hold on a second here. I just missed a chat. I apologize. Anybody catching any monsters this week? Not me. I've got a couple. I've gotten two limits of crappie under my belt. I don't know if that counts for monsters, but it counts for some good dinner. I've had, uh, had a PB this week and uh, and two other fish over 40 inches. I got one yesterday, actually, that was over 40 inches in an evening trip I pulled just for a few hours. And uh, I've never had, I don't think I've ever had three 40-inch fish in a month, and I've got three in a week. So springtime's here. <laughs> Very cool. I know I got a couple of uh, one versus ones in the work. We're waiting on some people and some waters to come down so uh, and some people to get off of work, so that'll be good. Uh, let me know if you want that rematch. I'd be happy to host you on the channel, as always. Uh, Haslife says he caught a 50 on Wednesday. Congratulations, Has. Very, very cool. So what is your PB that you caught this week? It's uh, 46 and three quarter, or 45 and three-quarter inches. I've, I I can't guess a fish because I've never actually had a set of scales to put a fish on. I don't care about the weight. All I care about is how long they are. I've had somebody say 45. I had one guy say 60. You know what I mean? Just looking at the pictures of it. Uh, it's posted to my social media if you want to go on there and look at it and give a guess on it. Like I said, I don't really care about the weight of it. I call it 50 and I'll call it 30 and be happy. You know, it, it did what I wanted to do. It's got the big fish spot locked up in that tournament. So 
Very cool. Yeah, that's the one thing that uh, I find hard to uh, get used to is the length versus weight. Because me being a boat fisherman and a bank fisherman, it's always been weight ever since I could tell. But I can understand that one way to measure it. Not, I, I don't know. I'd be kind of broken hearted knowing I got a, a, a 45 inch fish that's, you know, twice the girth of a 45 inch fish that I caught the week before. I'd need to know that. But yeah. I can I can understand that in a kayak. I guess it would be really hard to weigh a fish on a kayak, wouldn't it? Yeah, if you if you check out my uh, Facebook page, you can see just trying to move those fish around. You know, some of the videos and stuff. Uh, just trying to move those fish around. You have to be careful of how you how you go about pulling the fish into the kayak, how you handle it while you've got it. Because if you're holding, you know, if you're holding a fish up, you know, like this to get a picture or get it on video and it goes to flopping while well, that weight's up here, you know, you're, you're moving quite a bit when it starts flopping around uh, a 50 pound blue cat gets to flopping in a kayak. It, it can make a lot of havoc real quick. It can, especially if you're fishing in that cold water, it makes you be really careful, doesn't it? Yeah. It, it, it changes the way you do stuff a little bit. I've, I've got a boat sitting out here. I use it and I take the, the woman and the kids and fish and, and ride around the lake or whatever. But when I go out catfishing, I want my kayak. You know, I I want that added adrenaline rush of sitting sitting there and watching that rod fold over, or sitting there playing on my phone, and then the, you get that hit, and it just it just rattles you, man. I mean, your whole body just shakes, and and then you, next thing you know, you're you're zipping across the lake at what feels like twenty miles an hour. You know, trying to get the rod out of the rod holder. You ever hook into one of the fish and they take you so far? Well, you're you're dragon baits. I would think if you're anchoring, that if they pull you off your anchor, you'd lose your spot. That would be kind of hard to, to, to kind of hard to deal with in the past. But um, what kind of electronics are you using on your uh, kayak? I've got uh, my new canoe kayak, the one I I was in before. It was a new canoe Frontier Twelve. I had a Helix Seven Di on it. I didn't have the side image. I had the down image. And uh, and I like that pretty good. But then when I bought this other kayak, I bought the Hobie PA-12. And uh, it came with the Lowrance Hook 7 uh, XTI, I think it's called, or TIX or something. It's got the side image, the down image, the mapping, everything on it. And that's a game changer. I highly recommend, if you're a catfisherman, the side image and the down image, and if for nothing else, for finding bait. That that makes finding bait because now instead of being able to see the 10 feet directly under me, you know, 10 feet wide, I can now see 70, 80, 100 feet out each side of me to see where that bait school is at. And then I just mark it with the cursor, go back into my maps, find that mark, go throw my net and hit that spot with my mark and I've got bait for the day. Fantastic. Now, let me ask you this. I know uh, how side imaging works. So what do you do? Just turn the scroll speed down to the lowest level and just paddle like crazy or what? How do you get a clear picture with that? My new kayak is a pedal drive. Right. And the, uh, now, I'm, I'm just learning all the electronics because I didn't even have electronics until four months ago. And, uh, and what I do is I turn the speed on auto so it matches the speed of the kayak. And it doesn't work well if you're trying to, like, a lot of people I've seen drift and drag on kayaks. They want to drift sideways with drift socks out the side of their kayak. 
I like to drift straight on, you know, with my back into the wind. Number one, because the wind's cold and I don't want to hit me in the face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm a big baby about it. But but number two is because when you hook a fish and you're dragging baits, I've got a pedal drive on the Hobie. So when I'm dragging and I hit that and that fish hits that bait, I can pedal and control how it spins me. You know, it's not just going to turn me around and knot up four rods worth of line into one big knot and make a mess i can control that and and keep that fish out of my other lines so that's why i want to keep it dragging in a straight line so what uh, and do you keep your your poles behind you correct i keep two behind me and that's my dragon rods and i, I run sandy cooper rigs on them and uh, the two in front of me i have way up toward the front of the kayak and i have them drop straight down below me with Carolina rigs suspended. So you're just suspending those. Okay. That makes sense. And I've actually looking at using a set of planer boards and trying to drag four rods at a time. I'm not sure how that's going to work out. I'll probably make a bloopers video out of that because I'm <laughs> be a, a mess. I've actually got a set of uh, blue dog planer boards here that I've won in uh, catfish weekly a while back. I'm, I'm going to try dragging four at a time. I like my blue dog planer boards. It's the Junior Proctor ones, correct? Yeah. Yeah, he was nice enough to put my logo on him, too, so I was pretty excited to get those. That was kind of neat. But uh, I'm new to Dragon Baits as of last year, so uh, I'm going to do a lot more of that this year. I'm looking forward to it. And thanks again, Junior, for taking care of that for me, so I appreciate it. Um, All right, let's talk a little bit about your YouTube channel. How is YouTube going for you? Are you liking it? Are you finding it to be more work than it's worth? Is it something that you're really – getting into um what are I'm, your plans a lot of questions there it. i had uh i had my camera set up and stuff all rigged up nice and and getting it the way i wanted it on the no canoe kayak and then right about the time i got everything set up the way i wanted it i got a new kayak so i've got to restart doing all that and uh and hobie is a whole different breed when it comes to kayaks there's nothing the same on them all the mounts are going to be different and i'm having to having to get all new stuff for that so but we'll have I should have that taken care of and probably my first video with all the stuff rigged up on there will be my Kentucky Lake trip uh two weeks from this past Saturday. So I'll I'll probably have a video out about that will probably be the next video I make. Very but, cool. And how are you liking that Hobie compared to the new canoe? I'm gonna do a comparison video. My only downfall is the stability of it. You know, it's I was really disappointed in the stability on the on the Hobie versus the Nukanu. I'm not going to fall out of it, don't get me wrong, but if I want to stand up and take a leak, I'm used to being able to do that and it, you you got to watch how you do it on the Hobie, you know? I mean, well, it sits a little higher in the water, doesn't it if I'm not mistaken? And and part of it is I have all my batteries and stuff mounted right in the front of the hull right now. And I'm sure that being right in the V of that boat is causing it to be a little more unstable. I'm I'm going to do some re-rigging and moving on some of that stuff. And uh, and I'm actually going to redo the front rod holders on it. It's got plastic. Uh, I don't even remember what brand they are on it now. I'm, I'm getting ready to put monsters on the front. I've got monsters on the back. Mm-hmm. I'm getting ready to put some monsters on the front. I think I'm going to put the Talon 535s on there. And, and that's the cool thing about kayak fishing. Really, there's no right or no wrong way of doing any of it. It's all, nobody makes a mount for a kayak to put rod holders on it. You know what I mean? It's, yep. 
you just make it and do it yourself for the most part. There's there's a few companies out there that do, but they're not universal from one kayak to the next to the next because every kayak's made completely different. And I've always just been the kind of guy that fabricate and make what I need for myself, you know, figure it out and go on. But that that that's kind of what draws me into it. You get to see what everybody else does. And, well, this guy did this this way, and he did this this way, so I'm going to do it between the two of them. Yeah, everybody's everybody has different styles. We're all different sizes. We all have different canoe or kayaks, boats, whatever. So uh, always, like you were saying earlier about taking – uh, a little bit of this and a little bit of that from all the YouTube people that you're watching, all the people you're talking to. It's the same with gear. Um, I always find it, you know, nothing works the best for everybody. Just find out what bits and pieces from each and all of that works for you and put that together, which is one of one of the reasons I one of the one of the highlights or one of the things I really like about fishing is that whole hobby aspect of it. And I don't care what anybody says. That's a big part of it. Everything from tying jigs to rigging boats and buying gear and setting it up. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, it's an addiction is what it is. I mean, it's it's just like anything else. It's just a healthy addiction, if you ask me. You know, I agree. Maybe not to the bank account all the time or to some marriages if you, you get out of hand, but, you know, it could be worse. That's where you got to start doing better and find people like Chris at Muddy River and Jimmy at Sandy Drifters and mm-hmm. – as you know, you get good and they start looking at you and they'll help you out a little bit. But Well, you have some people that are helping you out and sponsoring you, correct? Or are yep. you, uh, you want to give them a shout out? Yeah. Uh, Chris at Muddy River, Chris Flores at Muddy River Rods. Um, I'm actually waiting on a shipment of his stuff to come in right now. I kind of thought it might be here today, but probably be here tomorrow. Uh, I love the blue cat rods, man. That's, that's what I've caught all my big fish on this week and they handle them great. And, uh, and I actually, the Sandy Cooper rigs I was I was talking about earlier for dragging. When I'm dragging baits, I use the uh, Santee Drifters from Jim Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he picked me up last year. Me and him got to talking. He sponsored me on my drifting weights, and uh, man, he he didn't lie when he said they were good. You know, I've lost I think probably I probably lost ten rigs in eight months or something. You know, and and that was. I've lost one drifting weight because of the drifting weight got hung up and pulled the swivel out. They've got a 10 pound swivel attached to them. That's that breaks, you know, if the sinker hangs up, so you get the rest of your rig back. I've had one to do that. The rest of them was the hook hung up. I could, I could pick the weight up and drop it and feel it come up and hit the bottom. But the hook was what was snagged up. And that's when I learned to run lighter leader line than you do main line. So you get half your rig back anyway. I'm a big fan of that. I, I really am. I know a lot of guys run the really heavy leaders thinking that it's going to help in um, it, it, for abrasion resistance and stuff. But uh, I don't know. There, there's something about getting that lead back that makes me, you know, not just feel better in the pocket, but makes me feel better about the environment. I'd rather not leave the lead down there. So. Not only that, you, you only got one knot to tie instead of having to tie my That's right. Make sure you check that knot, though, man. You got to check it when you get it back. You might pull it a little loose or something, but I haven't had one give doing it like that. I mean, I've had I've, I've had a pole, and I'm not even going to kid you, which is probably not a good idea, that I've had rigged up for a, a whole summer where I never had a retie from, from the uh, swivel back. 
you know, I use sinker slides and stuff so I can adjust the weight. But other than that, I haven't had to retie, and it's never broke off after a lot of fish. So it's treated me well. I actually had a uh, whisker sinker float that I found at Kentucky Lake this time, one year ago, this coming weekend, as a matter of fact. And uh, I've been using that same float. I've re-rigged it I don't know how many times, but I've been using that same float for a year before I finally lost it. And I lost it this past weekend. And uh, that's actually how I, how I decided to do my last video, the how to tie the Sandy Drifter rig or Sandy Cooper rig, you know, because I, I actually finally lost one. And I was like, well, this is a good time to show people how I tie this rig. <laughs> <laughs> and I did a rig time video. And, uh, but we was talking about sponsors. I've got the Isaiah house treatment center. They, uh, that's the, drug rehab i went through uh mm -hmm. right at four years ago and uh they sponsored me and my fishing tournaments now i mean how awesome is that you know uh that is awesome i worked there the place saved my life hands down and and now they sponsor me and pay my entry fees in fishing tournaments i mean that, that's how that. good is that that's like a double blessing isn't it yeah and uh and then i got uh daniel Remar. Uh, from never lost anchors i actually the video you was talking about about pulling that truck out i lost my anchor in that video because the rope broke and that's what i used to hook to that truck mm -hmm. I up and he's like oh man you've had that thing for over a year you know and i think it's almost been two years as a matter of fact since i got that anchor fish the ohio river and drop it right straight down in a brush pile it always comes back and never fails to hold you you know uh can't say enough about those anchors i've never had a situation where it didn't hold me where i was supposed to be or where i wanted to be or a fish would drag me off you know i fished three mile an hour current on the ohio river in a kayak and it held so what size anchor are you running in a kayak out of curiosity honestly it's a seven and a half pound anchor and uh and i've actually used it in 20 mile an hour winds to hold my 18 foot bass boat in place very cool yeah and uh, I, I I can't say enough about his anchors, honestly. And then uh, I got uh, Whiskey Bent Valley Boys is another one of my sponsors. They're a uh, old time bluegrass band, and uh, I met the I guess he's the leader of the band, Robert Dixon, down here at the lake. You know, he's a cat fisherman too, and he's like, "Hey, man, uh, use my music in your videos, and I'll I'll sponsor you." what would you want? And I was like, man, buy me some terminal tackle and let me legally use your music in my videos. And we're cool. So he buys my hooks and swivels and, you know, stuff like that for the most part. And, uh, and I get to use all his music in my, in my YouTube videos. So I don't have to worry about copyrighted music at all. That's a blessing, isn't it? Yeah. I, I have a friend that uh, is willing to make all sorts of music for me. So I, I kind of get that too. I just need to talk him into a, uh, Find my terminal tackle for me, and I'll, I'll be good to go. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so where do you plan on taking your channel from here? Wherever it goes, man. I have no expectations and no goals. Someday it'd be cool to get paid for it. If not, so be it. You know, I'm just, I'm just doing it for fun. If I can help somebody learn how to catch a fish, awesome. You know, I mean, if, if a person watches my last video and says, hey, man, I used I, I watched that video and learned how to tie a Sandy Cooper rig and 
I went out a couple of weeks later and caught a personal best with it. That's the best thing that could possibly happen with it. You know, I, I couldn't ask for anything else out of the channel other than that. It's good to it's good to share share the wealth, right? Or share the knowledge with everybody. It makes you feel pretty good about each other. It grows the sport. It gives us something to hope for to tomorrow. You never know what kid's watching either, and you might inspire him. And uh, I can't think of too many other uh, people that work as hard as, as you do uh, at catching fish. So uh, you're probably an inspiration there. So either that or you're scaring people off if they think it's that hard, that much work involved. But <laughs> I that's work that's for sure <laughs> that's a good thing though uh so you got any plans to fish this weekend man i'm probably gonna honestly hit right here at my local lake it's been on fire here for for the last couple well, last last week since wednesday before that this like there was nobody catching fish i mean it was february was horrible to us here you know the lake froze over the second week of February or something, then it thawed out right at the last week of February. When it thawed out, there was a huge shad kill. You couldn't buy a bite. I mean, nobody was catching fish for like two weeks, and it was froze over for two weeks, and then nobody could get a bite for two weeks. I went out this past Wednesday, and it was just lit up. You know, it's just like you turned the switch back on and told the fish to wake up. I think it's starting to turn on up here too by me. Um, I know a lot of guys that were out fishing that had a really, really slow, maybe even non-existent bite out here, at least on the channels. Flatheads, we're, we're way off of flatheads. We're at least a month and a half away. My earliest one might have been a month from tomorrow, but that was exceptional. I got lucky on that one. Um, but finally, I know Ryan over at set, uh, Ryan setting hooks, crossing eyes. He posted some pictures. I know another friend of mine just got into one channel, but before that, I've heard nothing but people griping about how hard the bite was. So, uh, hopefully that'll happen. We did have a cold front move in today. We had snow and rain and 28 degrees and 25 mile an hour winds. So it was, it was, uh, it's been pretty rough. Hopefully, uh, it'll warm up and, and, and this front will move out and we'll, we'll get some, some fish. So. So, uh, Ryan, you got anything else you want to share with us? We're coming up on an hour here. Just uh, everybody come over on the Facebook groups on uh, Kayaks and Cats official tournament trail. And uh, if you go on Facebook groups and search Kayak Catfishing Tournaments, that's our national page. You know, come over and join those two groups and follow along. You know, it, it's fun to keep up with us on there. A lot of us do a lot of smack talking, but we're all real good friends. Me and Kayak Mike's probably two of the biggest rivals on there for real. And I gave him bait before the tournament, you know, this past Saturday. And, uh, I mean, that's just the way we are. Me, me and him's battled it out since since he got into the scene with me. And uh, he'll hook me up with bait or he'll come stay at my house or I'll hook him up with bait or whatever. You know, it's just the nature of the sport, I guess. But come over and check those two groups out and follow along, you know. It's fun to watch the race over the month-long tournaments and see who's passing who and who's beating who. It may change place three times a day, you know, who's who's leading or who's in second or whatever. Do you guys have a lot of smack talking on the groups? Oh, we definitely do. Okay, so if you're into that, check that out. Mainly for me. 
honestly. <laughs> Good for you. Hey, how can people out there get in touch with you besides uh, your YouTube channel, which is the links are going to be in the descriptions, both on YouTube and on the podcast. Facebook. Um, just hit me up on messenger or follow along on my Facebook. I'm always posting fish pictures or fishing reports or something on there. Uh I've not got an Instagram yet. I'm I'm getting ready to start that up. I've I've been told by several people I need to get an Instagram, so I'm gonna have to figure that one out. Get that yeah, out. I need to up my Instagram game as well. So it's there's only so much so much time in the day though. That's the problem. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Well, Ryan, it was great talking to you. Not just uh, person to person, but with everybody here. Uh, Watching, uh, like I said, me and Ryan talk once in a while. He calls me with questions. I call him with questions, and uh, we kind of exchange ideas and stuff. He's a good man, so please give him a sub. Uh, check out his links in the description if you're listening uh, to this on the, on the podcast. Uh, do you have a page for Ryan Bortz Blue Collar Fishing, or is it just your personal page that you use? Personal page, but okay. it all. My my motto on accepting friend requests on my personal page, if you're holding a fish in your profile picture, you get added. <laughs> there you go. Check out Ryan Bortz on Facebook, uh, soon to be Instagram. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, everybody, for uh, uh, tuning in and watching. Thank you for every, everybody who's going to be down or has downloaded the podcast. I appreciate the support. I also want to give a big shout out to everybody that helped me get to a thousand subs on uh, um, on YouTube. It's a big accomplishment. Um, I pretty much met met my goal so uh, i'm happy for that and i could have done it without the support of everybody that's here and and the people that share my links and t say nice things about me um hopefully they keep doing that <laughs> saying nice things about me so all right guys have a great night thank you very much for listening uh god bless have a great week all right bye-bye